Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Joining me today are my two special guests. I've got Adam Vitali. Hi, it's me again. Hello, and James Galizio. Yo. Yo, welcome to you both. So today is, it's the October 7, 2017 edition of the TetraCast, episode 81. We're rolling right along here. This podcast has been around for a number of years, but we're ever since we went to the weekly podcast format, it's been kind of getting kind of nuts um but with we that, have the a team here today yeah exactly it's i think we started this back like in uh 2013 i believe it was um, the monthly podcast and then like it wasn't even a monthly podcast to be honest it, it was like we, monthly if we felt like it <laughs> it was it was it was kind of it's it's almost counterintuitive like when it's a monthly podcast it's almost harder to oh, like it schedule it because you have to decide like which weekend you want to do it on but when it's weekly it's just like more regular helps a bit, I guess. And the bigger problem with that is that you have to really decide on what news you want to cover. Because, yeah. Yeah. Especially with uh, uh, special events going on like streams and of course E3 or Tokyo Game Show or Gamescom. You have to kind of balance all that information. So it was kind of weird. Like even back then, our podcast was still about, you know, two to three hours. So it wasn't like it was significantly different than it is now. It's just that we had to go through a lot more information. But with the weekly format, it's a lot easier to get that covered. But the downside is that you usually don't have a lot to cover some weeks, and that's kind of the deal this week as well. Um, we had that problem last week, but that didn't stop us from talking a lot, so I don't think we'll have that issue this week either. Um, but before we get into all that news that we've got today, first, we always like to discuss the games that we've been playing uh, since our last podcast. So first up, Adam. Now, I know you, for the last several weeks, you were trying to catch up on the Itrian Odyssey series, and now you finally have got... Uh, possession of Etrian Odyssey 5 Beyond the Myth, the latest uh, entry in the series that was announced for the West a few months ago, but now it's coming soon to the 3DS here in America and Europe. Uh, actually, now that it... Remind me, have they actually announced a European release date for Etrian Odyssey so, 5? one of the press releases from uh, oh, right. from Coke Media slash Deep Silver, um, who's publishing it over there, do do Atlas stuff now, Yeah. Um, like the press release kind of had like hidden in there like November second or third I think. Yeah. Um, and then like we actually one of our staff members asked them like, hey, is this is this correct? Because it you know it, it wasn't obvious that like that was the announcement or if it was a mistake or something. And then the PR guy replied like, yeah, that's correct. Um, but then like, <laughs> like they haven't. It was it was like a really casual reply like, yep. And then like, but they haven't like ever said that again. So oh, I don't really? know how. Anyways. Um. So yeah, it's announced for Europe. We don't know exactly when it's coming for sure, like with absolute certainty. But yeah, when when Etrian Odyssey Five was announced, um, I didn't know if I was going to be like reviewing it or not at the time. But sure. I I played I I've played plenty of dungeon crawlers. I've always wanted to play Etrian Odyssey. I kind of knew I would like it anyway. So I, it was just kind of a good excuse. Like you know what, before that comes out, I'm going to catch up on this series. So that's why on previous podcasts I've been talking about this a bunch, and now I'm playing the new one, um, Etrian Odyssey 5. So this is the first like game that isn't a remake of, of an earlier game since 2013, I think. Um, that's when Etrian Odyssey 4 came out. So it's been you know several years since then. Um, and it's, it's a bit different. Sorry, no worries. Um, so like Etrian Odyssey like 3 added on ds it had like a it kind of had like a mini game like 
first of all, I'm under like the review embargo. I can talk about like some preview stuff. And sure. It's pretty it's pretty lenient, so I can talk about it a fair amount. But um, the game doesn't come out for a couple weeks yet. So Etrian Odyssey 3 kind of added like a mini game, like a, a separate from like the dungeon crawling. You could explore the ocean. It was kind of like a separate little game mode, and you could get equipment and you know experience and things like that loot um and then etrian odyssey 4 kind of like combined the two like the dungeon crawling and this exploration mode where you could like you basically found your way to the dungeons in your little airship um so there's kind of like there's kind of like a two-part like gameplay progression where you're moving on your airship and then you have to like figure out how to navigate the overworld and then you get into the dungeon and then you figure out that etrian odyssey 5 kind of like streamlines it goes back to streamlining it a bit where there is like no overworld at all you just it's it's more like the first two games in the series where it's just straight dungeons like you're in the dungeon you just go up floor by floor um so that was that was one thing i was wondering about like how would they maybe enhance or change some of the um exploration mechanics and they basically just went back to more traditional style i guess so it's yeah it's i mean Etrian Odyssey is the type of series where it's like it's not going to change a lot from entry to entry. No, no. So like, you kind of know what you're getting into if you play the series before, <laughs> and it's not going to like it's not going to betray your expectations or anything like that, really. Um, but it has been getting it, progressively better, at least. Yeah. Gameplay sorry. Wise. Yeah. So like, I mean, what I'm getting at is like some of the differences I might mention might sound pretty, you know, minor or small little things, but that's basically the only things that they're changing are like these small little things. Sure, um, sure. For example, some of the previous games, both three and four, had like a subclass where you p- you pick a class for your team, and then once you get far enough into the game, you could basically pick another class and basically use those skills as well. That's a pretty typical job system thing, right? So this game does not have subclasses. What it has instead is more like a like a promotion. So once you get far enough in the game, you your the class that you have, you basically can promote uh, your 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 class and you have two different promotion paths. Like um, for example, your fencer can uh, promote to like a chain fencer which they use like these chain type skills and that's that's something that's been in the series before where they basically do a bunch of follow-up attacks based on other people in your party and then they can also become i forget what it's called off the top of my head but they can also become a type of class that basically is meant for like evasion and speed um and basically every class has like this dual branch that you that you choose so so that's a little bit different rather than picking a subclass you you basically pick like a specialty um and then, otherwise, uh, the game is structured basically exactly the same. There are six stratums in the Yggdrasil tree that you're going up. Uh, it gets progressively more difficult as you go. Um, the difficulty levels are a little bit different. Um, previous games, like Etrian Odyssey 4, had like a normal mode and then like a casual mode, um, which are pretty self-explanatory. This game has a basic and an advanced mode, and basic is like the default and I kind of I started on basic because I wanted to kind of evaluate what that was like, and I kind of realized it's a little bit simpler than I am used to with the series. So then I kind of bumped it up to advanced, uh, the higher mode, and that kind of feels more it feels more comfortable and normal to me, like what I'm oh. what I expected. So just a little bit of a kind of a terminology change there in the difficulty levels, where basic is maybe a little bit more for like people who are just wanting to kind of casually 
I don't I don't mean this as like a detriment or an all, but they just kind of want to get through the game. Um, where advances maybe more people who people who are started with the beginning kind of want a little bit more of the uh, old school challenge, I guess. Would you, um, would you say it's more about like the game? Like you, obviously, you become more familiar with the game's mechanics that you can manage the dungeon crawler and how difficult the game used to be. Is it more like your experience with the series, well, or do you think it's I, more about so the imbalance? I played, yeah, so I played. I played through the series, like the whole series, pretty recently here. Yeah, so it's yeah. definitely fresh in my mind. And basically, from my vantage point, the advanced difficulty, which is the higher one, it feels more in line with the difficulty levels, the normal difficulty levels of the other games. Where basic kind of felt a little bit more like a, I think some of the untold games actually called it like a picnic mode, or just kind of like a more just gently go through the game. So, yeah, just kind of a small thing there. Um, so if you're not if you're not Odyssey vet, and you're gonna play it Trinity Odyssey five, maybe try out the advanced mode um, instead. Um, otherwise, you know, it's it's a pretty enjoyable game. Like I said. It's not going to like betray your expectations on the series. If you hate dungeon crawlers, this isn't going to change your mind. Um, it's you know it, it does a couple things a little bit differently. I guess the, the last thing to mention: each Etrian Odyssey game, they have a, a sort of like boost or union skill, which is kind of like uh, it's like a party wide skill that you can use with multiple people. And every game has kind of implemented this a little bit differently. And what it actually does, like, for example, Etrian Odyssey 2 Untold kind of had, like, a, it was, like, a temporary, like, powered-up state. Like, once your character went into this powered-up state, they could have access to skills they couldn't normally use. So you kind of had to, like, time it and, you know, manage it that way. Uh, and other skill, other games just kind of had, like, these combo attacks. This game kind of goes back to, like, these combination attacks. But you have to spend skill points to learn different ones. So you kind of have to pick and choose which ones you want to use. Um, so again, just, you know, a couple of small tweaks here and there just to make it a little bit different than some of the previous games. It's hard to say whether or not it's better or worse, just, you know, just a little bit of a different twist on some, on some of the things, but, um, otherwise, uh, the map making, the map making, uh, kind of interface on the 3DS is probably the best it's ever been. That's something that they kind of just keep improving, you know, from game to game, of course, the music is great as always. Um, I Gotta actually think the art style is a step up from Etrian Odyssey 4, just a bit. Um, so yeah, it's. I guess I'll have a. It's, it's not out for a while yet, but there'll be a review on the site eventually. <laughs> I was actually wondering. Yeah, it's that after experience with this game, it's that I wonder. Considering this is meant to be the last, potentially the last Etrian Odyssey game for the 3DS. Does that mean that there are they are going to move to console, uh, like the Nintendo Switch, of course, and wow. whether we're going to see any more drastic improvements in the formula compared to this sort of you know uh, taking little steps instead of like a big yeah. leap? Yeah. So I think I think a recent like from Mitsu or Dengeki article. Well, it wouldn't be Dengeki. I think sure. the they they said that they are working on another one. It hasn't like been like formally announced but they basically said we're making another one which is you know not too surprising yeah yeah and the the uh the speculation is that it might be like etrian odyssey 3 untold Uh, um that would make sense because that that, what that would effectively do is basically put a version of each game all on one system yeah so they basically all be 3ds games um but yeah it's kind of at the point now where it's like the game feels really comfortable but like it's certainly not like 
it's not a very Etrian Odyssey Five is not like especially innovative, which you know it's not really trying to be. It's just sure. kind of, sure. you know, it, it kind of knows what it is. But like, if 3DS is you know getting a little bit long in the tooth, and when they develop the next game for Switch, uh, which is you know you know what's going to happen eventually. We don't know if it's going to be Etrian Odyssey, you know, like, like a like um like a reboot, or if it's just going to be like a new a new IP with kind of a similar style. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, obviously the map making might be a little different because you're not going to have the dual screen, but you know, there's plenty of dungeon crawlers on systems that only have one screen, so it's not like it's impossible. No, um, they, they can I do understand that, but I feel like part of what makes Etrian Odyssey Etrian Odyssey is that map-making mechanic. I, I, I do agree. Um, they could still do like, it like if they did like a picture-in-picture picture or something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean... Anyway, it's, it's, it's so... Yeah, like, I guess it's kind of just up to Atlas to decide if they kind of want to, like, at this point kind of decide to like retire the Etrian Odyssey IP and then like have the next thing kind of be like its successor or if they just kind of want to like mm. you know give it a new subtitle or whatever they're doing you know what what do they want to do um, I mean it's it's like Dungeon Crawlers of course exist on console so it's nothing too surprising I don't think they'll abandon it just because it's such a strong name for them and that Etrian Odyssey yeah. 5 was from what I heard pretty successful uh and so you know maybe they'll test the waters maybe they'll like put a whole collection of the Etrian Odyssey series on the switch like a bundle or something like that and then try to try something more significant but I would imagine they'll try they'll try their hand and see what happens I mean they can experiment with that there's definitely handheld only games on the switch as well not that I expect Etrian Odyssey 6 or 7 or whatever to be that but you know, it, it's it's something where, like, as far as auto mapping and whatnot, you know, maybe they'll just abandon that part of it because you know they that wasn't in all the games, and then just have a dungeon crawler on the Switch. That's all they do. So it's I mm-hmm. would not ex- I would not expect them to abandon that IP because it's way too important for them. It's one of Atlas's biggest IPs, I would imagine. That's what. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying they they will or they should. I'm just sure. you know just I'm wondering will they or could they? You know, so so it's just yeah, it's just. Who knows? It's, but but Atlas is definitely, and this is definitely not new to them. Where they 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 like to stick to platforms, even after they're maybe a little bit, you know, I don't want to say outdated, but you know, like they were releasing PS2 games in you know 2008, and yeah. still releasing 3DS games. We're gonna get a couple of those next year in 2018. Um, you know, so <laughs> who knows how fast they'll start moving. Obviously, they have a they have an SMT game coming to Switch. We have we really don't know anything about it yet. I think there's supposed to be a a live stream or some some there's announcement this month. Actually, like, yeah, I think October twenty third. I think yeah. something like that. Man, so man. it's hard to say what it's going to be like when they when they 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 first tease that like their that their anniversary is it twenty fifth anniversary. I would imagine because I mean they've been around since the that. late eighties, you know. So, um, but I remember like they teased like this anniversary project is also going to be on you know when they first teased it like it was a Switch and 3DS, and then it turns out like the 3DS anniversary title was just I don't want to say just because it's a great game, but like the Strange Journey remake. Um, so who who knows what the uh, the Switch title is if it's something brand new or if it's who knows. It, it's, yeah. Yeah. From the trailer, you gotta imagine it's brand new. But then again, trailers have been deceiving before. Yeah, I mean, remember that it, first Tokyo Mirage Sessions trailer before it had a title. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's we're talking about like 
I think it's the 25th, if I'm not mistaken. But I would imagine, uh, I mean, potentially what all, it could just be a remake of the first game. You know, the sh- first Shin Megami Tensei game. It could just be that. Uh, which would be okay, you know? Uh, which What would that be? Like, is that Digital Devil Saga or something like that? Like, the first Shin Megami Tensei game, like, back in the NES days or whatever? I think that might be it. Wait, Digital Devil Saga is... I mean, uh, it's... It's off on 3S2. It's, a de- mean, it's like... Devil Saga or Digital Saga, something like that. What was it called? I'm going to look this up. <laughs> but anyways, I think we can be assured that even if it's a remake, it's going to be something fairly big for yeah. this project. I mean, they don't really have any excuse not to because they have those HD uh, demon models now because of Persona 5. Yep. Oh, I don't know what Make I was Make a writing three. It's my dream. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be kind of cool to see. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, so obviously, the first Shin Megami Tensei game is Shin Megami Tensei. <laughs> That's not... Yeah. Well, I'm, not I'm actually not... I'm actually not that well-versed on what exactly distinguishes Megami Tensei and Shin Megami Tensei. That's like, that's what I'm, I was mistaken because it's Digital Devil Story Megami Tensei is the first game and that yeah. that's actually like this year it's its 30th anniversary. Like it just celebrated that like a month ago. So the fact that they're doing something for Shin Megami Tensei on its 25th makes you wonder yeah, if they're going to do anything for Megami Tensei which of course is, yeah. the, is the base of it. So so just, just to kind of reconcile this, Shin Megami Tensei which is the third game in the Megami Tensei series released in 1992 mm-hmm. so when they say like this is the 25th anniversary, it's the 25th anniversary of the technically Tensei. third game which is Shin Megami Tensei, you know, it's, yeah, so it's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe back on the Super Nintendo they did release like a remake of the first two Megami Tensei games uh, and like they, it was like a remake bundle of some sorts, because I remember doing like the anniversary for it one time uh, like earlier this year, and so I imagine if anything they would take that, but yeah, I mean I would honestly, I would love to see a remake of the first Shin Megami Tensei, that might be what it is, because you know, it's all about, like that's what they love to do right like a lot of publishers like to celebrate the anniversary by bringing back an old game i guess in some cases in in some way like dragon quest builders was sort of that same anniversary because that was like the first uh it was like what if at the end of the first dragon quest game uh and that's kind of turned from there it would be kind of cool to see stuff like that but obviously we'll find out about that in a couple weeks um and who knows if it's going to be like identical 3ds switch games just different systems or if they're going to have like a like very a unique game for the 3DS and a unique game for the uh, the console. I'm pretty sure the 3DS game is that um, Deep Strange Journey or Stranger Journey, Strange Journey Redux, I guess, in the West. I think that's the 3DS game, and we don't know if this um, Switch game is also on PS4 because no. the website that mentioned those games had a 3DS project and an HD project. Yeah, so. we, we, we tried to point that out as a site back when that was first announced, but... You never know. I mean, obviously, it's it's going to be cool to see it happen on both systems. And clearly, the, the Shin Megami Tensei... It's kind of funny, because, yeah, the Shin Megami Tensei series has always been a sort of a PlayStation thing, right? It's never really been a Nintendo series at all. Like, I don't think it's... I think, the, except for Shin Megami Tensei 4, obviously, right? That was... That was and then, of course, the, the handheld versions, but... Well, guess, the first, I, guess, I mean, Shin Megami Tensei that, was... That actually destroys my argument. <laughs> it's just the yeah, fact I'd, that most I'd of the games are Yeah, I'd say that Megami Tensei has never been beholden to one specific consequence. He had them on the uh, uh, Sega Saturn and some of those older systems, Fair too. Enough, it's yeah. like in, Even on PC, I think, at some point. At it's, one point, yeah. And, yeah, I think it was like a Sega CD was the first game. Yeah, yeah. And I think one was like on the Game Boy Advance, then you got mobile versions of that. So, yeah, it's. I think there was one on like the 
topographics or whatever so yeah it's it's all over the place uh i think actually actually wasn't the first one for like the super nintendo yeah i have no idea what i'm talking about anymore at this point it was just the fact that uh that the nocturne uh was on was on the playstation 2 that was there was a bunch of them on ps2 so for a while remember when when there was a xbox original xbox exclusive the shimigami tensei 9 no one remembers that game (laughs) i heard it was i think it was supposed to be like a it was supposed to be um turn into an online game but then they decided to just keep it offline and cancel the online version and so like after that uh atlas uh, didn't really want to work with microsoft so much with that series anymore because of that which is kind of like what happened to uh level five and true fantasy live online and then oh my gosh microsoft just doesn't do so well when it comes to helping with online game entries of a con- uh, traditionally offline microsoft series. doesn't do very well from what i understand with um planning games in general it's like yeah you hear the same thing happen with the phantom dust reboot and it's like <sighs> i didn't i actually didn't get around to playing that phantom dust remastered version uh did either of you guys play it i played a little bit of it sure. it's um Still very not. much it, it, it's very much free like you have the multiplayer portion and you can get stuff for there to make it a bit easier but it's basically just phantom dust in hd so i did hear that yeah it's basically they don't really try to shove the free-to-play aspect it's it's almost entirely free it's, it's literally the same exact game just in hd they yeah. just shoehorned in some uh card packs. dlc if you wanted to get extra yeah. card packs but otherwise if you're gonna get the same experience playing it that you would have played um gotten on the original xbox just in hd so yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that six years later, it's Etrian Odyssey 5 is coming out, then we still got some games next year for that platform as well. So who knows if they're going to do a big transition, but the fact that the next Pokemon game is on the Switch leads me to believe that it's that'll really be tough. kind of the, uh, the nail in the coffin at some point, you know? So yeah, I, Adam, you've been playing Netronazi 5. James, you've been playing some Cuphead. Now, Josh talked about that last week, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, because I'm going to be starting that pretty soon. It's, um, I feel like people have been overstating the difficulty, but then again, that might just be because I played a lot of like Metal Slug when I was a kid in the arcade, sure. so I'm kind of used to those sorts I of games, even game. if, <laughs> oh man, uh, I could talk about Metal Slug for hours, but let's, uh, stick to Cuphead. Yes. <laughs> um, very fun. Everyone's talked about the visuals. I mean, not really anything I can say that hasn't already been said. It's fantastic what they managed to be able to do they put a lot of effort into um trying to make it look like a 1930s cartoon and it paid off um the gameplay though i feel like has kind of been overshadowed by the uh, visuals the gameplay is very solid very very fluid feels very very nice it's the boss fights are very interesting um one of the later ones you're basically taking down this ghost train and each section of the boss fights a different like car and you're fighting a different like ghost. And then on the bottom, cause you're riding along with the train on the trolley and you have to parry either end of the um, trolley to move between three set um, positions for the trolley in order to um, dodge attacks in the better position yourself to take out the enemy. And there's a lot of, um, it's very fast paced. It's very interesting seeing how you don't ha- just have to worry about dodging attacks with your character itself, but you also have to worry about the positioning of the trolley that you're standing on. Sure. And then you have a couple of boss fights that are plane-based, which are basically shmups. Um, there's one that I've seen a lot of people 
really having a hard time with it, which is basically a giant mech. And yeah, I heard about that. It's not too bad, but you definitely need to be on your toes. And you can definitely tell that besides just 1930s cartoons, that a big inspiration for Cuphead are a lot of those older Japanese games, which is funny because you see like these two toad bosses that are basically look like um, Ken and Ryu. If, if you look at them closely enough, you have a slime boss, which is Dragon Quest. You've got a lot of um, gameplay elements that are very similar to old-style treasure games and Contra, and I guess Metal Slug, but I'm guessing it's mostly Contra and treasure-type games. And it's just very interesting to see this kind of juxtaposition. Like, it's very much the core DNA of the game is we're playing a 1930s cartoon, but it's also like the gameplay is very much, okay, remember all these really cool, like, SNES games that people love to play that were like these really um influential but hard like japanese games that everyone remembers sure it's like mm. let's make a game like that but in the 1930s arc- um 1930s uh, cartoon style i was like showing uh gifts of the game to some of my coworkers uh at work of course and they were really amazed by it. Like they barely play video games, but just seeing that stuff in action was highly impressive. And that's the appeal of it, right? Like you don't even need to play video games to like be fascinated by what these guys were able to accomplish with their game. I mean, it's probably like the art style. I mean, this isn't surprising almost, but like the art style is what really got people's attention to begin with obviously course, like course. it was just like a, yeah. well, i think we talked about it like last week where it was just like it was like a a really short clip in like its initial reel and people people were like whoa what was that it was like a sizzle like, reel or something like that right yeah, yeah like what oh, did you see that like that, that was cool <laughs> yeah. i'll definitely say though that even if the game had a different art style it would still be a fantastic game but the it's art style definitely no, yeah. I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone would have paid attention to it, honestly. Like, because there's so many. There's great games on on Steam that no one ever plays. You know, they just get kind of buried with all the other ones. So I think that yeah. they needed something like that to help it stand out for sure. And it's, and it's way, certainly it's certainly very very extremely unique. Like nothing no, even comes close. No, you know? no, <laughs> unless you go to like old Disney games. But even then, it's like it doesn't obviously. The technology yeah. wasn't there clearly back then, but uh, yeah. this is really, you could count this among those types of games. And, you know, you heard the stories, of course, where like the people they that made the game house. like sold their homes and, you know, took out all these loans and stuff like that. Like they could have easily gone into financial ruin if this game had not been successful for them. So, Sorry, that's my dog. Dogs are doggos. good. Yeah, doggos are great, you know. Love dog. But yeah. That's so your experience. Have you actually beaten the game or just? Yes, I have. Ah, Um, I actually played through the entire game using my fight stick. All right, that works. I mean, just just to say, just to show that you could. Well, I mean, like I said, I played Metal Slug in the arcade, so I thought, you know, yeah. it's appropriate to use the fight yeah. stick since that's what I'm basically used to. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's. I mean, I took me a second, like, oh, that makes sense because that's literally what the setup would be if you play this. Uh, makes you wonder if like they would actually make an arcade version of Cuphead. That'd be pretty cool. Like you would go to a, an an arcade and just see that there. That'd be pretty sweet. Maybe for like would California be. Extreme or something like that. Um, I did beat the game. I actually just beat it a few days ago. Oh. Um, yeah, definitely not as hard as people are making it out to be, I feel. Well, you know, I mean, I, I totally suck at Metal Slug, even if I think the graphics are good. So I think that I would have some trouble with that. But, 
you know, it's at the same time, it's to each their own. I think so. That, I haven't, I haven't played it, but from what I gather, it's like the boss fights are kind of, you know, a, a trial and trial and error. I think maybe gets a little bit of a bad connotation, but you kind of expect yourself to like die a few times as you like learn the patterns and things like that. <clears throat> so like that alone doesn't really make the game difficult if you die a few times. Like you're not really, you're not really expected to like have like perfect runs on the first time through. So it kind of feels like that's kind of baked into like the game design where, you know, you're, you're, you're meant to like take on bosses a few times before you really understand like, Oh, I'm supposed to do this. And this is how I supposed to tackle them. I haven't yeah. played it, but that's just kind of my, what, what I'll I definitely perceive. agree with that. And the thing yeah. that gets me is um, even if you're having trouble with the boss fights, it's not very frustrating because um, hmm. has anyone else here played uh, dust force? Because I feel yeah. like it's a, Okay. I've heard well, of it. I've seen I've seen video of it. I haven't played it's it. It's kind of well then Super Meat Boy. I'm sure you guys yeah. have played Super Meat okay, Boy. Yeah. Um you know how it's very easy to restart a a level yeah. it's just like immediate and whatnot? That's the same thing with Cuphead. Even though it's a difficult game, I'm not saying it's not hard. It's the difficult game. God damn it does that. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Doggo. Um even though it's a difficult game, because it's so painless to restart, it's instantaneous. You don't get frustrated. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of... Uh, it's a totally different type of game, but, like... I don't even know how you pronounce this game's name. V-V-V-V-V-V. Uh, yeah. You know, same, same actually, sort of yeah. thing. <laughs> Do you pronounce that, like, spikes? I know some people call it spikes, because you fall into spikes a bunch. Uh, they look like spikes. But, yeah, it's, where it's like you die, and then you, like... Moments later, you're just playing again. It doesn't really, you know... It's just kind of baked into the game design. <laughs> that makes it so. that makes it hot, hot, way more appealing, knowing that you instantly can retry. I mean, I actually got that experience already playing the like the the demos for that. Like at uh, three, I think it was place. No, it, was, it couldn't be PlayStation during E3. I was able to experience that for myself. So even like back then, they knew that they needed a quick restart. Otherwise, people would get instantly uh, annoyed and aggravated by the game and just frustratingly quit it right there. So that's that's good to hear that they kept that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, is there anything else you've been playing besides Cuphead, though, James? Is that it? Uh, only something else that's on embargo, and that's a visual novel, so it's not even really playing. Okay, a child. So, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> you can say what Re- you've been just playing. Just remind me really quick. <laughs> remind me just really quick. Is or is not Chaos Child related to Steinsgate, or is it like same, same developer, author. or same it's author. a science adventure? It's technically the same universe though uh it's been getting a kind kind of weird with that whole thing because there's um science adventure series and then there's uh another sub series and what it used to be is that the science adventure series is technically fiction and the other series and so they're two distinct series but now apparently they're all one series again and it's just doesn't make too much sense but that sounds like a child and science gate are related there's actually um references to steins gate and characters in steins gate like you don't need to play steins gate to play chaos child not at all but you i know, should probably yeah. not say anything more <laughs> i mean as long as i mean if you look at a title visual novel and there's a colon in the middle like a semicolon then you know it's it's actually part of the same series <laughs> that's that's yeah. how i got like robotics notes of course it is yeah so uh well, that's great. Uh, for me, uh, there's only been two games I've been playing lately. One was Cyber Dimension Neptunia, uh, which we've got our review up on the site. Um, I wanted to make two corrections because I made a mistake in my both what I said last week and in my review that I quickly tried to fix after I heard about it. First off, uh, the vi- voice actors, only two of them have changed. Um, only Vert and Noir. Noir was the latest of the... Um, 
of the group because this game is the one that they couldn't get the same voice actor for for the series because uh, she had other projects. Uh, so it was a scheduling conflict. But um, yeah, Vert changed in, I think, Mega Dimension. But I thought that Blonde, uh, which is the three out of the four characters, the other one being Neptune, uh, I thought Blonde had changed because in Mega Tech Mansion, she sounded a lot different. And so I just assumed that was the case. But I can't, I can't, apparently... Uh, uh, it's always been the same. <laughs> so, I think no, I haven't yeah. played this series, but yeah. I know didn't Vert used to be voiced by Tara Platt? I uh, think so. I'm terrible like, when it comes. I, to I just wanted to mention that, like Tara Platt, like she doesn't do that many voice roles anymore. It feels like, but uh, I actually like she's one of my favorite English voice actresses. Just, I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm almost confident you're right. That was Tara Platt. Uh, so mm-hmm. she, yeah, she had changed uh, as well. But she, and she won't be in any other future games. I don't know if Noir will change. I, I would say at least the voice acting was really good across the board anyway, so I'm not too concerned about it. Um, but I wanted to make that correction because I I, I, I felt bad that I, I made people lead, I led people to believe that that was the case when it wasn't. I uh, could have probably just looked it up and find out for myself. Um, the other uh, mistake I made was assuming that this was a mainline entry when when it isn't, uh, which is crazy because all the console games so far for the Neptunia series they've been all been mainline. Uh, apparently, in this game, it's another spinoff. So I just kind of assumed I should have known because it's an action RPG and not your traditional turn-based RPG like the other games that this was a mainline game, but it wasn't. So Tamesoft isn't technically going to be doing probably the next the actual mainline uh, series, but I noted that in about a a couple paragraphs in my review and I had to go back and edit that. So I just wanted to say for the record, uh, I messed up. <laughs> so, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of interesting to see that they would start with Unreal Engine 4 and have it be a spinoff. So I thought that was kind of confusing, but I, I mean, two things. Like I, I remember I, I haven't played this series. But I, I was, I was confused, like for the kind of the same reason, like, wait, is this mainline or spinoff? Because it's a console game and, you know, like I know the title isn't you know Neptunia Victory Eight or it, no, yeah, it, it doesn't but, have to but be. It's like, but you know, it's it hard to tell just be. from the title of the series, like what is mainline or not. Like what it's Rebirth One, Two, and Three, and then Mega Victory no, it's, Two. You're, you're you're already off. It's that those are See? remakes. Those are re- or remasters or remakes of the first yeah, three but, games. So it, it goes Hyper Mansion but, Neptunia, Neptunia Mach Two, Neptunia Victory. So already we're all or kind of all the place, and then it goes to uh, Mega Dimension. So Mega Dimension is the fourth game. So the fifth game, I guess it's that visual, uh, excuse me, that virtual reality game that's coming out, like Mega Dimension V two R, so and that's supposed to actually continue the story. In fact, so that's kind of bizarre. But like uh, I don't, it's it's hard. And, and yeah, Sub Dimension Betunia, like it, there's no pattern at all with this entire series, and so it was. It was something that I, I wasn't fully aware, of, but I guess they had found out it was a spinoff earlier this year, uh, as opposed to around the time it was announced when people also assumed it was a new entry. So I just don't, I don't get the logic with Compile Heart sometimes or Idea Factory when it comes to like the naming of their entries and whether it's a spinoff or a mainline series. But 
I just assumed it was an evolution of of the of the formula that they've got. So now that this is just another spinoff, it explains some things. Like for example, the game is about half as long as Mega Dimension is, which was weird. Like I beat that game in twenty hours, and I didn't just I did a lot of I did a lot of side content in that. I did a lot of side quests in that game, and I was still able to like complete it and get the true ending in twenty hours. So, but it's still like a significant upgrade across the board for that series. Like it actually looks something that looks presentable like it looks good for i guess if you're comparing it to other similarly budgeted budget games uh and a lot of the graphics look good uh like i said the the voice acting is really good as well Uh, you kind of hope you kind of hope like if they stick with unreal engine they'll just get better you know yeah it's it's and i mentioned that it's like a springboard for them uh that they can improve upon and the fact that this isn't this is just another spin-off makes me hopeful that the actual next real entry for the series will be a lot better but i think mega dimension v2r is in fact using unreal engine as well so i guess we'll find out uh just how good it is but the fact it's a virtual reality games i don't know what it's supposed to be <laughs> like that's i don't think there's going to be actual gameplay for that it's going to be like a visual novel or adventure game so sometimes we'll be hang out with neptune yes tutor her right yes exactly. summer lesson neptunian style uh, that's actually kind of what it is uh <laughs> kind of like that alarm clock app they've got where you just talk to her the whole time um but the other game i'm playing is the new neo dlc bloodshed's end uh, I started that today. Uh, I decided, you know, after I got done with that review of Cyber Dimension, I would get to that and then. Yeah, move you, to... you had played. You had played all, basically all the rest of it. So you, yes. you know, kind of might as well finish it out. <laughs> exactly, and um, so far, from what I've experienced, uh, there's some differences in that. There's no new weapon. I think we talked about this before, of course, uh, when they first announced this last, which is yeah, in fact, the last DLC for Neo. Um, that doesn't mean they might not release patches and updates and stuff like that, but yeah, last story expansion. Uh, in any case, um, this one looks to be a little more significant. I'm hopeful because, so there appears to be three story uh, DLC missions in this game, which uh, the first one had three, last one had two, and this one has three again. The problem is in the first one, there's three, but the third one was just like, I'm going to throw you into this little burning house and have you have a boss fight. <laughs> that was it. That was the only part of that mission. So I hope that, and I'm up to the third one, I hope this one is, is better than that. Because honestly, so far it's been kind of disappointing. Again, uh, the last two missions, the two missions that I've done so far, and even the side missions have been pretty short. Like, I'm surprised, like, oh, I'm done already? Okay. Like, I'm already at the boss fight? That kind of thing. It's, they're really kind of, they're really pretty small. And the the enemies aren't that different. And then, at least on the st- second story mission, at least, they do introduce some new enemies. But then I got to the boss fight of the second mission, and I was shocked. Because apparently what they did, uh, the boss fight, it's a giant bird uh, that's on fire. Uh, when I started to fight it, I started to recognize its moves, and I quickly realized, hey, this is a boss from Tokiden. <laughs> so what they did, they <laughs> took Pyroteryx, one of the bo- the bird boss from the first Tokiden and the other Tokiden games, uh, and reskinned it, put him in this game. Because <laughs> wait, of them... like it's an actual? It's not. It's not just like similar. Nope. Similar. It's like actually like. Transplanted the moves from another are the game. Same. <laughs> the moves, huh. it does the rush, it does the fly in the air, and sending out like tornadoes. In this case, it's got like a poison effect, but no, 
it's the same. It looks better. Like it's visually, they they obviously right. did an upgrade with the latest engine, but nope, it's the same exact boss. Just not the whole God Eater or Monster Hunter mechanics where you have to like attack it for a million years before it does. Uh, and great parts. job, Koei Tecmo. Yeah, it's as soon as I realized that, it was just like, wow, really? This is this is happening right now? Because I was halfway through the boss fight and I was just like, this is this is dumb. I hate this because <laughs> I was hoping for something more original than that. But no, they just straight up lifted it from that game. I you know, wonder it's, it's, how many yeah. people play both series and have caught on to that. I mean, I imagine there's if you look in like a YouTube video, maybe in the comments, there's probably plenty of that going on. But I just, I, I'm just bothered by that. The fact that they did it, at least um, they've made some changes to the... Um, they once again rebalanced the game, uh, but they made some pretty cool uh, additions to it. So they basically uh, put the level cap back up to 750. Uh, they had when the game first launched, it was that, but then they lowered it. Now they've raised it back up again. Also, before your stats, because in this game, just like Dark Souls or any of the Souls games, or like your classic RPG, you can put points into stats. Before you were capped at nine ninety nine, uh, like you can put your strength up to ninety nine and such. In this, they raised it up to two hundred, so that just means you have a lot more room to play around with the uh, the builds. Uh, I think they may have nerfed some of the like clans you can join and some of the weapons, but they have added new weapon skills, which is a, a first because <laughs> before they just added new weapons uh, and the new weapon had new skills, but they didn't do anything in the old weapons you you had. So it was just like uh, kind of a a lazy uh update in in a sense uh but the problem also is still going back to the gameplay because they added some new side missions like i said but in the side missions they just throw in the old enemies and like because the first boss and neo they've been using way too much in their side missions like at the end of the mission the side mission it's like all right face the first boss from neo again and they did it again here (laughs) so it's kind of annoying uh that they keep going back to the well like that uh but i won't be able to give my full thoughts on that just because I still have not beaten the third story mission. But so far, I will say at least that it was, even if uh, Pyrotenix is still just, you know, reskinned and th- thrown in here, it was still a fun boss fight. Uh, you face Honda again, uh, you face Sadamitsu again. Uh, so it's, it's like you're, you're repeating old boss fights, but they're harder and, and more uh, dynamic in their, in their, uh, I guess, the skills that they use. But it's it's kind of been a little disappointing uh everything ever since the the initial release for neo um so it's gonna be kind of hard at game of the year like whether i'm going to just focus on the initial release or i'm going to also include the dlc that came afterwards because i feel like a lot of the discussions that going to happen at game of the year it's going to be focused on what your experience was when you first reviewed the game but i don't know if anyone else besides me has really followed a game like this since its initial release so well i know josh played it but i don't think yeah. he's on either DLC, i don't think he's beaten he could have been i don't know if he's beaten the game i know he, i don't think he has a season pass huh i beat the game i've been thinking about getting the season pass but i'm not so sure if i should i mean i would say it's kind of difficult to see whether it's worth it uh I mean, that actually, speaking of which, because, the, so now there's three DLC packs, uh, and like I said, they, they've been playing around with the uh, the balancing and such, uh, but this latest update at least puts everything back on the right track, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to manage, and it's not as incredibly annoying, because instead of lowering caps, they've raised them up, so you have room to grow and play around, as opposed to before, when you're really uh, short-changed, you're really like... Uh, What's the, what's the word I'm thinking of? You're really like, 
you were held down, you were held back about what you were able to accomplish with this, but uh, it's a lot better. And I guess that actually leads us into the first piece of news that's worth talking about. So Koei Tecmo announced that Neo will be getting its own complete edition, which will include all three expansions, Dragon of the North, Defiant Honor, and Bloodshed's End, and all the new weapons and characters and Guardian Spirits that were with that, um, into this one big package. And it'll be actually be out uh, November 7th, so actually a month from today, in fact. Uh, and it'll be coming not to just not just to PS4, but also PC. So this will be a debut for the series on PC, which is great. Uh, I guess you can't say one game is a series, but I think it's really cool that they're able to do that. And the fact that not only um, will it allow you to play the game, whether in like the uh, uh, the action game at 60 frames per second, but they're going to have like their movie mode where it'll go all the way up to 4K resolutions, which I guess they kind of had that with the PS4 Pro version. But um, it'll be interesting to see like how much better they're going to make the game because i think everyone here knows that koei tecmo can become somewhat spotty with their pc releases uh like yeah i mean even from the onset it was it it was always kind of like an odd weird situation where it was like a koei tecmo game but it was like treated like sony first party for a bit even though because it it was published by sony in the west actually yeah yeah. well yeah i mean that's that's why it was weird like why is sony publishing this and like why and i remember like even like on the review copy side like when i request a review copy from sony it wasn't the normal process they kind of had to like forward my my request to koei tecmo and then kind of it was like a chain you know so it was just it was just kind of weird the whole time like why is this being like why is it sony first party you know i guess you just don't see that that often these days where these third party publishers are being you know whatever well, yeah, so like a, a PC release is kind of always how kind of in the... Monster Stories was published by Nintendo in the West. Yeah, Nintendo does that pretty often too, I guess, um, with like Dragon Quest and things like that. Um, but yeah, but that that whole basically possibility of a PC release is kind of always like this: like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? You know, with stuff like you know Horizon, you know, it's never going to happen. No. But like for this, it was like. It, may, it could and it did so yeah um, yeah it's, it's as you said it's that this is a third uh party yeah. developer or publisher in any case uh and and developer team ninja of course making something exclusive there's no such thing anymore you know that's this just kind of solidifies that in a way because uh there's unless you're like a first or second party studio for sony it's like of course it's going to come to pc eventually now i want to make sure i'm right here is that is the complete edition is that going to be on ps4 at all or is it just going to be pc I it's think it's just PS4. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's going to have a physical re-release on PS4 as well at the same time as the PC version. Oh, good, good, good. Because I, I didn't want to mislead anyone. Again, uh, one of the interesting things is that um, as a bonus to the PC players, they're going to release the Dharma Chakra Kabuto helmet, which is just like the regular helmet with the giant valve, <laughs> red valve on the top of it, which is pretty awesome. Like, it looks really cool. Uh, oh, so the Nier Automata approach where yeah. they have the There's valve. Some silly valve accessory. Yeah, the valve Kabuto, as it were. That's I think that's really cool. I don't know what the bonuses will be, but like if you completed the alpha and beta versions of Neo, you were able to get like some uh, helmets. But they were only good for like the opening levels, you know? Like it's just a it's just a good starting off play uh, uh equipment <clears> to have. So That'll be neat. I wonder actually if they'll also be putting out all the DLC people earned from those versions into this complete edition. I imagine so, um, even if that's kind of a bummer. Random thing I want to mention. Oh, go ahead. The uh, pre-order exclusive helmets and whatnot. Well, both the pre-order exclusive helmets and the ones that you got from doing the alpha and the beta and whatnot. 
Um, those weren't locked to if you'd only played the game's beta or alpha, or if you had pre-ordered it, what the actual pre-order bonus or the beat the alpha slash beta bonus was. You got the um, schematics for how to uh, make your own versions of those helmets. So, like, if you fought against, like, a, uh, I forget what they're called, they're, like, ghosts or whatnot, and they dropped, like, let's say that helmet, you could still wear that helmet, and you could still, like, sacrifice some other equipment to make that helmet stronger if you wanted to as well. So you're just, like, missing the recipe? Yeah, you're just missing the recipe. So the only reason I mentioned that is because I remember there was a kind of Japan-exclusive helmet that looked, like, really cool, and I managed to get it off of... uh, Ghosts or Phantom or... I think they're called Revenants? Yes, they're Revenants. Revenants yeah. uh, you're also thinking of Spitting Text. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of... That, that uh, I'm not I'm not shocked to hear that honestly because I thought it was confusing. I will say at least that you had to get the um, the special deluxe version deluxe version to get a really good uh, start a uh, really good uh, armor set that would actually is great for leveling up a lot faster. Uh, you actually got like Emrita bonuses and things like that. I forget what the name of it's called. Like, it's like Red Armor or something like that. So that was like a deluxe version uh, exclusive at least because I didn't get that even if I reviewed the game. So. Uh, also makes me wonder if that'll be included with that. I imagine it will be because that seems like that would be something that uh, they would include in a complete edition like that. But I guess yeah. we'll find out. But I just thought that was that's pretty cool. And you know, obviously, uh, every time we talked about Neo, people were begging almost for. I'm sure they were begging, honestly, sincerely, for a PC release. And you know, this is great. It'll be out before the end of the year. Makes me wonder if it'll actually. Um, help the stock a neo stock go up uh but we'll find out i guess because honestly uh there's plenty of people playing neo i just don't know if there's uh, what the audience is like since it came out you know it's like call of duty like they put out map packs not many people play it anymore i'm sorry what it definitely feels like the hype for the game is kind of depleted since earlier this year of course it's it's this is just dlc stuff so unless you have the season pass like you of course you don't care about it so and so far, at least with the DLC stuff, it's just not been that exciting. Especially even this one is it was supposed to they were supposed to put like a lot of effort into this. But like I said, I haven't played the third story mission. There could be a fourth one. I don't know. Um, I went into this kind of um, blind just so I could experience a lot of the stuff for myself without getting too deep into it. But let's move into the other piece of news that we've got here, because speaking of complete editions, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, as you were talking about before, uh, is getting its own. As you also said, Adam, it won't be on PC, but it'll be on PlayStation 4, and that'll be out in December. And it, it, it's a little bit odd, because like Horizon is getting one DLC, like one major DLC, The Frozen Wilds, yeah. and it's not out yet, so it's hard to say like how... It'd be worth it. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like how significant is this? Now, I think the DLC is like twenty dollars standalone. That's fifteen dollars if you have. Yeah, it's, it's it's twenty like normal price, fifteen if you have PlayStation Plus. So it's a little bit, little bit more pricey um, than some DLCs. So it, you know, that's like a very base like indication. It might be a pretty significant DLC, but we don't know yet. So yeah. it's hard to say. So it's kind of it's a little bit weird that they announced a complete edition before that DLC is out, just a little bit. But it also includes some um, like digital luck bonuses, which I don't even know exactly what they are. I looked them up on the store page, and it's like some uh, some of the outfits and like 
I'm guessing like, some of the uh, PSN the avatars too that were pre-order bonuses or something for the digital version. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, oh and the game is that complete edition is fifty dollars. So, you know, not the full sixty, which is I guess nice. You know, considering that the Frozen Wilds is twenty dollars by itself, and the game itself is you know you can get it for around thirty now. So it seems to be about the right price. Um, Definitely feels like the main reason they're doing this is they just wanted to have one more like marketing push for the holidays to yeah. get people to buy it with a new PS4. Or something. Well, go figure, right? That seems that's like a pattern for all these all these games. And it, you know, maybe this will give it a chance to really spread its wings when it couldn't because it came out a few days before Zelda. So, well, no, it actually sold really well. Apparently, I know, so. but no, I, it, I, it, not as well as it could have though, right? No, I I think like if you look at like best selling games of the year. Like Horizon is like sitting in like that six spot, which for you know a new IP exclusive to consoles, like that's pretty damn good. It's it's um, true. I'm not gonna knock it, but so, then again, there was way more PlayStation fours out there than Switches. I mean, it was launching right. with the system, so I, yeah, I, I mean, like at least like the the and just to kind of yeah. On that list, I think Zelda is two. You know, and that's on yeah. Wii U and Switch technically. So, but definitely not saying it it, it 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 was terrible. It's just that you know a lot of the. Um, a lot of eyes were on Zelda around that time, and so at least with this, that's that it could be way bigger than it would and, have initially been. Yeah, and obviously being two open world games that are that released like within weeks of each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. lots well, of less than a week of each other. Yeah, like a... and console wars. Like so. Yeah, anyways, didn't it, didn't it come out like it was like on the twenty eighth or whatever, right? Like twenty eighth, last out... day of February, and then. Zelda came out on the third of March, so, so it was it Tuesday, like Friday days. thing. That's bizarre. <laughs> That's yeah. That Zelda, Nintendo always obviously likes to release their games whenever. It could be a Friday, it could be a Sunday, uh, but obviously that was a very difficult time to be releasing a game. I mean, obviously it just gives credit to the game itself that it was able to sell that well, like you said. Uh, but you know, this completed well, issue. Same thing with uh, with uh, Nier, I'd say, because Nier came out on the seventh, I believe, in the West. Yeah, but it Neo Neo yeah, it was a pretty crowded time. Yeah, yeah Neo Automata. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't call it like an open world game in any sense, but like, well, technically, it's open world. It's, uh, it's well, I feel like world. a lot of games are gonna have like an open world ish type. I think it just <laughs> you know, that, that seems to be where things are going. Totally, totally. That's that's clearly the case here. So, in any case, my only argument was just that you know it could be a lot better off, and it could be a lot a much bigger game, and eventually maybe lead into like a series. But we'll see. So, I mean, I. I think Horizon's a pretty good game. Like, I personally think I prefer Zelda just because Zelda is a little bit feels a little bit more novel, where Horizon feels a little bit more um, like traditional open world. Sure. Um, I still think it's a pretty darn good game, but I'm I'm definitely interested to see what like the Frozen Frozen Wilds thing adds. Like, I'm not exactly sure what they can add in terms of like story. Uh, I don't know if it like continues where the game left off because the game leaves off at like you know a pretty satisfying ending. You know, it's it certainly leaves room open for like a sequel eventually. Uh, I don't know if they're going to like jump into that right away or if it's just going to be like more of a side thing. Uh, I don't know. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious because, you know, at this point they're releasing this complete edition, but like, I think you can get the, this game and the DLC separately for cheaper than the complete edition. So it's got to have some good stuff. So at least yeah. with the digital deluxe, like the whole idea of like an art book with a digital deluxe edition is like, okay, all right. I'm just looking at pictures that I can find on the internet anyway. So it's uh, at least with the other stuff, like the DLC, like the actual content, like weapons and, and items and armor and stuff like that. That'll be way more interesting, I think. Uh, way more worth the purchase, it seems. So... Uh, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful because I haven't played the game yet. I would love to give it a try. The fact that it's going to be out in, in 
on December though, like right at the beginning of December. You're going to be still playing uh, Dot Hack if you don't do the review. Yeah, so. I mean, I think Josh is going to be handling the review for us, but I'll definitely be buying that game, and I'll be super deep into that. And also, of course, there's other games that I still well, like. I think like Xenoblade, since you have a Switch now. Yep, like that that releases on December first, and this complete edition releases on December like sixth. Yeah, um, or something like that. Yeah, fifth right? and sixth, I think. Yeah, fifth and depending if you're NA or Europe. So wait, what's what's on December first? Xenoblade. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Oh, sorry. I was thinking of Dot .hack, because that's November 3rd. Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, December 1st. So, yeah, Switch always get in the way <laughs> of, of what Horizon Zero Dawn wants to do. That's that's so weird. That's so weird. Obviously, they're very different games. Uh, even if they're both open world, of course, they're totally different designs. But that's exactly what Zelda and Horizon were, totally different designs. But, like, sail that same market space you know and gonna it's gonna be kind of weird to see what happens i think xenoblade obviously i don't think xenoblade is like near uh horizons level but we'll see you know uh, but I then again be... it's just a horizon re-release i yeah, mean people already bought I'm... the game yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how xenoblade does though i definitely think yeah i'm curious i'm very i'm, I'm very curious uh as someone who did not beat xenoblade chronicles x uh, i would be interested to see yeah. anyway. i think a lot of people haven't played no. x no, it's because the Wii U. Obviously. I, I I bought it on clearance. So I own it, and I like plan to get to it. It's just like not, not a high priority, you know. Like, Was it? You're probably gonna play Xenoblade two before you play X. I'm probably. just D- now. Did you get Xenoblade Chronicles X when it was like twenty bucks at Target? Is that what you're talking yes. about? Yeah, yep. I remember that because I shared that. And I was like, wow, okay, that wasn't that long after it came out too. All right, so let's get into the next piece of news though, because we still got a couple topics left to go over. So, uh, yeah. Uh, a long time ago, it feels like, Ben and Emco started teasing God Eater 3. I think it was like last TGS or whatever. And then uh, they shared just a tiny bit more during Anime Expo. I don't know if they showed anything during E3 because I wasn't there. But uh, it looks like as of today, uh, at least in Western time, they announced God Eater 3 officially. Uh, mm-hmm. From everything I heard, uh, from everything I've seen from that trailer, it looks pretty good. Like It looks like it's clearly using Code Vein's engine too. I don't know if you looked over the news post that I don't have it up right now. If someone wants to talk about that, I mean, I haven't played the other games, so it's hard for me to like compare. Like, oh, this is obviously a, a you know a big upgrade, um, but I'm... well, it is worth mentioning because the original, well, like God Eater, the the remake of God Eater, what was that called? I forget. God oh, Eater Resurrection. Resurrection, yeah, yeah, Resurrection, and then two like. Bandai Namco localized those pretty late, I think, right? And they they like released like within months of each other. Um, and in fact, I think God Eater Two like came with the remake of the first one, right? Um, yeah, it's actually yeah. interesting because it was kind of a reversal in the West because um, God Eater Two Rage Burst came out in Japan first, and then and Resurrection then the came out. Yeah, and uh, in the West, um, Resurrection came out first, and then Rage Burst. Well, like, anyways, it's like, so that that was kind of like a a, rel- a a kind of like a late localization. Like, we didn't know that was kind of back when Bandai Namco like localizing wasn't like there. They seemed like there was a couple of games that they wouldn't just they weren't really getting to, <laughs> um, kind of in like the early 2010s, I guess. Um, but now, like Bandai Namco seems to like localize literally everything, and they actually announced and confirmed the localization of God Eater Three basically right away. Um, that's so good. That's what I'm getting at. Is that now it seems like they're happy enough with how God Eater did that, you know, and that they've been doing this a lot with things like Code Vein and the Sword Art Online game uh, and, 
you know, Nino Cooney, obviously, and so like where they just kind of confirm localizations as soon as they can. Not um, to mention with Nino Cooney at TGS, they showed an English trailer. I'm pretty sure like every trailer they've shown at events have been English. They, they have like it's going to be dual audio, and they have like Japanese trailers on their YouTube. But like, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going for like that worldwide audience. So. Yeah, it's good to see that, and especially because our maltreated Gladiator fans were up until the release of Gladiator Resurrection, which, yeah, it was remade using Gladiator 2's engine, so it was actually way more impressive a game than Gladiator 2 was when it came out, because you're like, oh, well, that's, you know, Gladiator Resurrection clearly did a huge leap. Uh, but yeah, there was definitely those bonuses as well. And you can still get both those games for pretty cheap, uh, whether on PC like 30 or... 30 bucks or something. Yeah, like, and you can you can still get the bundle version of that. At least on PC, I think, in the West, it's, it's a little complicated compared to like Europe or America's version because I think they like depending on the platform you want it on because yeah it's on yeah. Vita and PS yeah it's all it was mess. it was something I was kind of a little miffed about when it was first announced because um with the Vita um, release in Europe they actually got a physical copy and if you yeah. bought the physical copy of, of Rage Burst you got Resurrection yes but in the West it was Digital. Totally separate things, and <laughs> even if you bought the digital version of Rage Burst, you had to buy Resurrection separately. Yep. Uh, it, obviously, on console, you, you got it bundled, and on PC as well, but like on Vita, a lot of Vita owners were pretty upset about that, understandably so. And so, in any case, yes, Gladiator 3 was announced uh, officially, but they have not announced a platform or release date. But one of the interesting things I went back and saw from the original tweet from the Gladiator account, Goshina. Who was who was we talked about last week had left Bandai Namco, will stay on as a composer for the series going forward. So even if he's not there anymore, it's kind of what I mentioned, and I think other people talked about before last week as well. It's that even if you leave a company, you can still be on as like a contractor, and that's kind of what's happened with plenty of composers in the past, like uh, Nobuo Matsu. Uh, so I Shimomura, yeah, no. Shimomura. Like people think Shimomura is still like Square Enix, but like no, nah, she's just works a lot on a lot of their stuff. So think, uh, she did Radiant Historia's soundtrack. So yeah, clearly uh, it's been all over the place uh, for quite a while now, and so yeah, long time, a long time. Uh, so I'm I'm happy to at least see that that's the case, and it does look like a like I mentioned a big upgrade uh, visually from what it was because even if God Eater Two came out, it was still years after it came out uh, in Japan, so it's still kind of like, kind of sloppy. Uh, visually, but I'm hopeful, and hopefully it'll be dual audio this time, uh, all the time. <laughs> so instead of being forced English only, uh, which was kind of weird, because it uh, the English dub for Gaudi Deer wasn't that great. Uh, to be honest, it was kind of that was probably a factor of the the localization delay. Yeah, like where they, my guess was like it was like the project was kind of complete and done in Japan, and they just basically didn't go back to like redo whatever they needed to do to get the English or the Japanese audio localized or license so this yeah. time being kind of like a worldwide thing i'm sure they'll have it yep exactly i mean I, I should also mention i don't know if this was i forget actually this was the case in neo originally it's that neo's got dual audio on pc so that's kind of cool i just something I'm, I'm looking at the page right now but yeah and, i thought uh, neo is more like well the thing like, with neo mixed is audio. Actually, it's yeah, mixed. It was mixed audio yes so like, like he'll speak english and he'll speak japanese you know at times and that that's really cool i think it so. depends on who he's talking to if he's yeah. speaking to someone else that knows english he'll speak english if he's talking to someone else that knows Japanese, he's speaking Japanese. Yeah, I, I don't know if this means that it's actual fully Japanese uh, or if it's just this cute little thing of what it's doing where it's saying like, oh, it's Japanese sometimes. Uh, and that's, it's, it does, it's not clear on the Steam page. So I was just... Honestly, with Neo, I don't think it really matters because no. the situation they got set up makes sense. No, the main nope. guy doesn't talk that much to begin with. Uh, it's mostly everyone around him. It's a lot of Japanese voices. So I don't know why it's 
that's that's even a thing on here. Because uh, it says full audio. That's why I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of thrown off. Maybe they just didn't know how to check market right. Who knows? Uh, so yeah, got it to three. We'll hopefully get some details about that soon. Maybe they'll announce it for the Switch. It'd be kind of cool because uh, you'll still get the handheld version in some form, even yeah. if it may very likely won't be on the beta. I, yeah, I still wouldn't be surprised if it gets announced for the Xbox One. Nope. Yeah, Bonnet Namco with Code Vein, uh, Sword Art Online game. Uh, yeah. Dragon Ball Fighters. Dragon Ball Fighters Z. Is it Fighter Z or is it like Fighters? Dragon Ball Fighters. Fighters. <laughs> it's Fighters. Yeah, it's Z. yeah I, I, I would call it DBZ. F and yeah. <laughs> DBFZ? Uh, yeah, so that's... Hopefully we'll get some details about that soon. But the last piece of news that we've got here, .IGU, last code, code um, which is also abandoned Namco uh, property, so kind of in line here. Uh, they added Ovan as a playable character in Volume 4 Reconnection, which, you know, I'm kind of mixed about this because so the only thing we've seen for the story trailers for the new volume that's been added to Last Week Code. So uh, uh, for people who don't know, initially there was only three volumes that were released for the PlayStation 2 for .hack GU. So uh, this new version, this new compilation that they've made for these remasters that's coming out in a month. Uh, they added a whole new volume, uh, Reconnection. So with that, so it's like got- a long, so it's like a long like sought sequel. Uh, maybe not like maybe not like a full fledged like sequel, but it's a continuation. Say, yeah, it's it is a, it's a story continuation, of course, because it's like before the volumes released like months apart from each other, kind of like the original Dot Hack uh, series. Um, but this, so this is a continuation. But the only thing we saw in the story trailer for Dot Hack uh, GU Volume Four was Ovan inside of this giant ice. Uh, Thane, like stalactite or something like that. They, they, he was covered like this, this sculpture, so you can only talk to him beyond that. So they really they revealed in the latest Famitsu that he's going to be playable, which I'm kind of like a, the reason I'm I'm kind of uh, uh, kind of weird about this is because like it would have been kind of cool to find out about this naturally. Yeah, I, when I saw that announcement, how like I know nothing about Dot Hack, so like when I see Ovan's a character, I'm like who. Um, oh, but apparently, the, this is a major spoiler problem that they kind of just announced. So he is, he is, he's one of the biggest characters in the, in the series because like something happens to him in the original Dotic GU. So the fact that they, he was shown in the trailer for Volume Four was kind of shocking, and then you find out, of course, that now he's playable. So it kind of bugs me only because like it would have been kind of cool to find, like I said, find this out through the course of the game. It kind of makes me think that that's kind of impossible in, late in, in today's world and that everything gets announced via the internet. Because, like, if you found out today, like, say you were playing Kono Chico for the first time and someone told you, hey, you can get Magus as part of your party, you know. Uh, if you had found that out just playing the game normally as opposed to, like, finding out online, I think it would have been a kind of wait. It, more interesting experience you know because like wow i can really have him in my party and now it's like this is going to be found out through a magazine article <laughs> so yeah um i'm of two minds of it it's cool that he's in it uh but they didn't really expand on the fact that he is uh just that he is uh and they also went into depth on like the different uh skills that he uses and all that stuff so i don't know like have either of you guys played dot actually I don't know anything about that hack. No. Yeah, I'm probably gonna play it when uh, Last Recode comes out. Are you gonna? Are you thinking about picking up Adam the Last Recode? Probably not. Like, mm. th- this is a kind of a stupid reason not to. But like, I know this isn't the original series, so like, I kind of feel like 
if I wanted to try this series, I ha- like I kind of like am compelled to start with the original. Uh, so. That's the thing is that the the whole reason they did this version is because it's it's got more modern aesthetics to it. The original dot hack gu excuse me the original dot hack uh, infection mutation um what was the outbreak and uh, quarantine. Uh, those four games, they don't really hold up well at all. Like, if you go back and play them now, it's kind of difficult. Like, it's pretty difficult, honestly, because uh, they're they're bad-looking. Uh, the mechanics are kind of really archaic. Uh, also, cool. aren't the games, like, really rare now? <laughs> yeah, well, I would say the first three are actually kind of easy to find. It's the fourth one. Because, um, so people who don't know, uh, on all the Dot Hack games, the physical releases, of course, because it was back when there was only physical, uh, they all came with an anime OVA. Uh, I forget what the name of it's called, but it was all in, it was like a separate DVD that was included with the games. Apparently, in the fourth one, in quarantine, they included an OVA and had underage nudity. <laughs> so very few stores wanted to carry it, uh, and they didn't really create a big print run to begin with. So if you try to buy that game now, even used, it's like over a hundred dollars. It's one of the rarest PlayStation Two games you can get. You might be lucky on eBay or some garage sale from someone who doesn't know any better. But honestly, it's pretty expensive. Uh, and so I've not yet owned it. I've owned the th- I have the three games, the first three, and you can get those for like you know twenty twenty five bucks used if you don't care, uh, and they play just fine. I would also, of course, love to see the first four games get released, but there's no real connection between the first four and GU. Uh, there's some, uh, uh, there's some like, t- there's some like parts of it that are definitely tied. I would say at least, um, like you know, there's definitely characters, uh, especially Kite. Uh, is there's ties in there, and there's definitely characters that reappear in, in there's uh, no, GU. There, there's not that many ties. They're just characters and story. I mean, but it's I not. I to say I've, I've been spoiled about the connections between the two I've and there's a pretty all, big connection I, played, I mean as someone who's played them like i'm, I'm speaking from first-hand experience the one who's actually played the first th- uh, at least the first three games i didn't get to the fourth one because i don't own it and who's beaten gu you can play gu without playing any of the first four games the oh yeah i'm not disagreeing there i'm just saying there is a pretty big connection between them yeah just... but the, of course because it's the world two is was what it is uh and the first mmo was the world so there's definitely a connection because this is a sequel but i would say you can play g without having to worry about that and from what i've heard isn't there like a something that's included with it to kind of catch you up anyway like it's I, I think that might be the case um i don't know if that's a japanese exclusive but i think there's like a blu-ray that's included with it, that's supposed to catch you up on on the events of what's what's happened before then but the reason i bring that up adam is because yeah the fourth volume is really expensive and so unless you want to spend like a hundred plus or two hundred dollars if you want all four of them uh you probably don't want to worry about that too much because <laughs> that's going to be i would say just look on youtube for like cutscenes and just not worry about it so much because otherwise you're gonna be spending a lot of money for four games that honestly are, are too expensive from what they, they the experience that i had with them as cool as they were uh just go watch dot hack sign <laughs> and have fun with that instead um i mean i'm definitely gonna be picking up myself i wish they would release that limited edition that's gonna be out in japan because that thing looks awesome um but they're not it doesn't seem like they're gonna be doing anything like that and that's kind of yeah they would have announced that by now yeah so. it's a disappointment it's like that and like that square enix secret and mana special edition they showed off on their stream uh for T- tokyo game show it would have been great to see that stuff be localized, but that just, for some reason, they just don't think that we want those things, and that's just a lie. Because <laughs> you know we're talking about remasters, you know it's 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 not like it's a new game with a new collector's edition. It's like it's a remake, remaster, or remake in Secret of Mana's case, 
And so I think there'd be plenty of people who love to buy that stuff. I think Bonnie Nameco is still kind of like figuring out exactly how they want to do some of these things, like whether or not they want to do limited editions. I know like <sighs> Little Witch Academia is, is getting one. <laughs> so. Well, like Little Witch Academia is obviously a yeah. popular modern anime and it's on Netflix and everything, but you know, that's only getting a digital release. Um, Honestly, I'm, yeah, I think true. it's a miracle that um, last three codes getting a physical release in the West to begin with. Yeah, I guess. Um, but you know, it it still doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have to hurt. <laughs> Honestly, it, it's, it's, it's still, it's still something that bothers me. Uh, and I would I mean, hope that obviously you're a fan of the series, but yeah. like maybe their internal, marketing like research kind of decided that the the oh it could just be a the base be a limited that they release are planning like, to sell this to is maybe not large enough to uh justify creating a limited edition i don't know like they created it they already created it's hard, it's it it's hard for me to know how like in 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 as in as little words as possible like how popular this is like i don't know. I, I, don't, I don't buy that for a second because they already created in japan if it's just about that movie that's included, they can subtitle it. You know, it's. I don't think there's anything stopping them. They can just put out like five thousand units. The first people who buy it, they'll sell it straight from their Bandai Namco store that they've got online, and they can do that. You know, because the Nino Kuni Two Limited Edition is also limited, and so there's only a specific number. Like, if they're looking at the numbers for Dot Hack versus Nino Kuni, you know, like I don't know how that can really compare. I think Nino Kuni One did pretty well. Nino Kuni 2, from all I, I can expect, I mean, I'm really excited for it. I just don't think it'll, it'll do as well as Nino Kuni 1 because it doesn't have Ghibli and the reactions from people who've played it doesn't seem that great to begin with. So Really? Like, the reactions from everyone I've heard that's played it have said that they're actually really excited yeah, for it. Andrea it's, said it was bad. <laughs> so, Andrea and Alex were not so hot on it. I've I heard some it. mixed reactions. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's clearly, like, different. And whenever you have something that's, like, different, it's always going to be kind of, like, I guess interesting to see how people take to it. I mean, I was but, I'm I'm, I'm going to love the story and the music and that kind of stuff and I'm I'm really excited. I'm like I said, I'm really excited for Nino Kuni 2. The problem is is that the combat looks like looks bad, you know? Like it's run over to this little node, this little area and stay in it for a while until your little uh minions can run over and attack it. Pickledies. Yeah, the yeah, cuz they got rid of the familiars, which was like one of the biggest the funnest parts of that game. And, you know, I think that if they decide to put the original Nunu Kuni on PC or something like that in the West, which I, I fully intended, I'm fully expecting them to do that eventually. Uh, I expect that to do much bigger numbers <laughs> than Nunu Kuni 2 will. That's that's my belief. Uh, but I'm still going to buy Nunu Kuni 2 Day 1. actually comes out, I think it's actually, I think, it, when does it come out? Like January 9th or something like that? I, I think know. I want to say January 9th. 19th yeah because i know lost fear comes out like on my birthday which is weird uh i'm, I'm getting i have too many games to buy that week but i'm hope i'm like i said oh, I'm when's hopeful. your birthday the 23rd so 23rd mine's yeah. 14th so i was like yeah. oh, what hey that's cool uh so yeah january birthday is aquarius uh but <laughs> in any case i i just thought that it'd be it'd be really nice if they really you know capitalize on the fact that this is supposed to be a gift to fans and releasing the collector's edition in the West, you know, that's not too much to ask. The whole situation seems similar to what happened with Gravity Rush 2 and how they had the uh, Uh, anime bridging the gap between the first one and the second one, and it came with the Japanese release, but it didn't come with the Western release. You see, I talked to the producer uh, at PlayStation Experience about that very reason, and he said he fought hard 
to get that in part included with part of the game, included with the game itself as like a bundle. But they said the best they can do is release that like YouTube thing. You know, that was like the best. That yeah, they can do. I can definitely feel. I can definitely understand why I fought so hard for it, um, because it really good. does tie the stories together. I mean, the fact you can watch it for free, whatever. It's different with this in that there's special parts of the Clex Edition that you can't get over here, and so that's that's a bummer, you know, and. I don't know. I don't want to dwell on this too long. I've already dwelled on it long enough. I just thought that it'd be kind of a cool thing because this is, as opposed to Gravity Rush 2 where it's a sequel, this is, you know, this is for fans, right? This is a remaster and the only one who's really going to, obviously the vast majority of people are going to play this are the people who played it before, you know? And, you know, obviously it's, we're talking about PlayStation 2 games, so clearly this will be a lot of the people's first time playing perhaps the entire series to begin with. Uh, But hopefully this will be, uh, the success of this will lead into like future editions of maybe like they'll release the first four and well, give it the proper Zach, technically this will be the first time anyone's playing the entire series because of volume four obviously yeah i'm talking about gu in general so yeah. I, i'm hopeful for that clearly people are going to play it before want to play the volume four anyway but come on treat the fans better come on ben and Emko. be good to us so i think that's it for news uh there's about it as far as we've got here so I think uh, there was well, the only yeah, other thing I to see mention. Yeah, I that. You want to add? Yeah. I mean, just worth mentioning, Nice America announced another very highly anticipated localization uh, that everybody that. is looking forward to, nope. especially you, because you nope. played the first game. Oh, God, that game. And you loved it. Nope. <laughs> I actually saw it on it. The, uh, after no, I, I know. It. I read your review. I read your review was pretty scathing. Yeah. Um, anyways, Nice America announced The Witch and the Hundred Night Two. Yes. Which is like an action RPG type dealy thingy. It's exactly the same as the first game. It sounds like isometric RPG, but that it's original story with original characters, which actually makes me hopeful. So, yeah, so it's not related to like the first one. It's like no. not like not like a story sequel. It's just like the second game in that sort of style and vein. Yeah, uh, I mean the way the first game ended, it was like impossible. They couldn't have like actually had a real sequel to that because I guess actually depends on the ending you got. So. Yeah. I just know the the original game had some like really weird stuff with like like turning like a person to a rat or something. And oh the, yeah, the I've bat, heard about yeah, that. there was there was some that was actually started. There the beginning. was some really weird uh, things in that <laughs> game. I haven't played it yet. I actually bought it at NAS America's booth at Anime Expo in 2016. Still haven't played it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they put out that remastered version for PS4, so people could yeah. play that version. I, I would just say that it has this weird. I mean, obviously that that was like that was quote-unquote the controversy was the whole rat thing because it got into like abuse but uh and sexual stuff but um the way the game ended is that the bad ending was the good ending the good ending was the bad ending and it just made me upset so like and the, and the gameplay wasn't that good anyway either yeah so, i mean i hopefully this is bad like we didn't even want to talk about it on the podcast but i figured we should just mention it yeah <laughs> but when, when's it coming out i actually don't have that up i think they just said 2018 you know? oh okay okay so that's a playstation oh. 4 exclusive i think right yeah they didn't yeah. they didn't announce like a pc version or anything i wonder when they're finally going to announce coven and labyrinth of refrain for western release because it mean, has I, that they PS4 they, they, they so publicly coming. have said that they're, they're there's no interest in it but you know that's just pr speak um well, did and, they say that? Know, I find it hard to believe that the they PS4 version got announced in Japan because, yeah, with the PS4 version, I feel like they're going to do it because hey, they can get both the Vita and PS4 versions out. They'll probably make their money back in that case. So. And I, and I kind of find it hard to believe that they wouldn't localize a like their parent company title. That I mean, and you know, eh, it just seems weird to ignore it entirely. Yeah, makes me also wonder if they're going to ever talk about that 
Makai Wars mobile game they announced a few months ago because <laughs> that was like one of those I actually weird... forgot that was a thing until you mentioned it again yeah that was like uh, it was because it was Asagi coming back you know that was the game they said would you like a new game with Asagi who was from Makai Kingdom uh and and she was in Disgaea 4 and other stuff uh see her come back and they just showed her and I was like it's a new mobile game you're like okay I'm hopeful but it's not so exciting anymore uh, but hopefully we'll get some more details about that, but we'll find out, you know, it's weird because that, Makai Wars was actually like a, it was a PSP game that was announced like 15, like, I'm not 15 years ago, I think it was like 12, 13 years ago, um, and now it's like a mobile game, and so I, I wonder if they'll talk about that either, because that, that's one of those games where like, okay, if I have to play on mobile, I'll hopefully it gets localized, but which on the other night too, in any case, uh, I'll give it a try, you know. I'm I, at least it's a new like uh, the thing I hated most about the original game was the cast and the fact that there's a new cast. I'm okay with that then. <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll find out. Is there anything else in news? I think that's it though. I think I think we got this whole thing covered. Yeah, no one's yep. talking, so I assume it is. All right, so we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, for where you guys can find us, you can always find us on RPGSite.net where we've got reviews for. Uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, which Adam got that up there. Uh, we already talked about Blue Reflections up there. Cyber Dimension and Tunia, we got reviews up. Um, got some more stuff coming up soon, pretty soon. We've also got Danganronpa V3 guides if people need it. Spoiler-free guides, so you know you don't have to worry about getting having to deal with that if you just need some tips to get through some of the um, uh, the court cases. Also, you can find us on Twitter at RPG Site. On our Facebook page, facebook.com slash rpgsitenet. On our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash rpgsitenet. iTunes, uh, just search for us. Uh, just search for TetraCast, also your favorite podcast app. You can find us there. On our permanent Discord page, discord.me slash rpgsite. Ever since Discord updated to allow categories and other channels, we've actually added a Danganronpa V3 channel, a Mobage channel as well for people who like those games, uh, which I might be the only one in this group who cares about them. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, finally, uh, where you can find us on Twitter, James. Where can they find you? At the Sweet T H E S W W E E T. And Adam. K I N G underscore S E D A. Great. I hate my username, but that's what it is. <laughs> you can change it whenever you want. So you know. <laughs> I was going to change it to like Doctor instead of King because like I actually have a, a doctorate, <laughs> but like turns out that's already taken too. Like oh whatever. <laughs> so. What's your? Uh, did your name change as well? Like, do you like Adam Vitali, PhD? <laughs> Is that how we have to call you now? <laughs> no. Alex was saying that I should like in my reviews actually put like doctor in there so it like sounds really fancy or something. Doctor Adam Vitali. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you're like the type of person who like I, I like there's people like who got knighted in Europe and and all of a sudden it's like you know you gotta call me sir. Yes, yep. this. Oh, otherwise they're deeply offended. I want to get to. The, I'll be, I want to forget to the point where you'll be offended when no one calls you Doctor Adam Italy when I start off the podcast. Like, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> be a good one. Uh, and also, you can find me at Zach Reese, of course. So that's it for this podcast, uh, this October seventh, twenty seventeen edition. Thank you, James. Thank you, Adam, for being a part of this one, and everyone out there for listening. Catch us next week for yet another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone.